your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche, Colorado Finishing a 2-1 to win over the Minnesota Wild and in the process guaranteeing that they will at least win the series outright. And with still one more game to go, day off today, and game four will be tomorrow. Game one without Nathan McKinnon uh, added, obviously, to the list of the, the ongoing list of injured players in Colorado. And it was a different type of game, you could tell. You could tell this that he was not on the ice. And we say all the time, show a, a avalanche game to somebody that doesn't typically pay attention to hockey and say, who's the best player on the ice? And they will be able to pick out Nathan McKinnon. And him not being there was noticeable. But they still fought hard, played well. Uh, and it just a, a different style when he's not on the ice. So we'll get into this game and uh, the good, the bad, and anything that the Avalanche need to do for game four going forward. But still continuing to play well and getting points. And uh, overall, no real complaints from this humble host. So before we get into all that, follow the show on social media outlets. On Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. On Instagram, search for Lockdown Avalanche. And send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. So, like I said, two to one win. Before we get to the game, there wasn't, I guess, an update on all of the players currently injured for the Avalanche. And long story short, they're all week to week. All of them. Nathan McKinnon, uh, Devon Taves, EJ, Belmar, Francos, Calvert, all of them are listed as week to week. So I guess that's good for guys like Francos and Calvert because we thought, and Belmar, because I thought we were going to be without them for a long period of time. And then for guys like obviously Taves and McKinnon, now you start asking the question, what is week to week? (laughs) Is week to week one week or is it three or four? I don't get the impression that with either McKinnon or Taves, it'll be any more than a week. Very possible. Who knows? But, you know, maybe both those guys return the same day. I, I feel that Taves just, you know, took a ringer right off his, his foot. So that needs a couple days to just, I'm assuming there's swelling there. Just have the swelling go down, rub some dirt on it, take some ibuprofen, and you're back out on the ice. Uh, McKinnon, whatever is wrong with him, it seems like you know his shouldn't take more than a week, and he'll be back out there as well. So that's the injury update. And then in today's game, you thought there was some more injuries coming down the pike, and the first one was Kale McCarr, and it didn't go more than a shift. I think he, he came out of the game. I think the announcers who were calling the game 
noticed something when he went back out on the or when he went back to the bench, but he came right back out. So crisis averted there. Ryan Graves also went out for he didn't go down the hallway or anything like that. He came back to the ice and was just you could tell he was stressing a little bit, but he came back out too. So uh, those two, no harm, no foul. And even Miko Rantanen took a nasty hit uh, where he it was almost reminiscent of the Eric Johnson going kind of face down into the ice. But he got up, no problem. So just when those things happen and being Avalanche fans and all of these injuries that are coming, you're just like, okay, there's three more. But none of those happen, which is two thumbs up there. So as the game itself I thought the Avalanche, like I said in the opening, I thought they played as well as, maybe not as well as they could. I shouldn't say that. Uh, they played the uh, the game that I thought they kind of would without having Nathan McKinnon there. You're still a speed team. You're still des- you know designed around speed. But it's just different because you don't have the Nathan McKinnon speed. And you don't have that fear that he can strike into opponents. And they juggled lines. JT Confer started on the top line. I was okay with that. Um, I, I, I was kind of against bringing up like Burkowski to the top line because the second line has been doing so well. Uh, that's You would almost think like that's your go-to line in this game. Sure, Landis Goggin, Rantanen, top line, great chemistry. But breaking up the second line with how well they've played the past handful of games, I don't think would have been a, a wise move, at least for one game. At least for one game. And now they didn't do much in, in this game, uh, but nobody really did outside of Philip Grubauer, who was stellar once again. What was he, 27 of 28 or 28 of 29? Just gave up the one goal, which was on the power play. Uh which was a great goal. You know, you're really not going to stop that. But Philip Grubauer is making a case. Still early in the season, but he is making a case for goalie of the year. He, he, he I mean, if he keeps playing like this, who knows if he'll win it. But uh, if he keeps playing like this, he'll be getting some votes for the Vezina Trophy, without a doubt. So, um, but again, for the way the game was played, in the beginning, first few minutes, Minnesota had the upper hand. They were controlling the puck, and I don't know if the avalanche... I mean, when you're watching it, you just have the mindset of they they are just on their heels. And are they going to play this way knowing they don't have Nathan McKinnon to lean on? And after maybe about halfway through the first, it turned a little. And they were really in control for, for most of this game. Well, I, I say most of the game. Most of the the second half of the the first and going into the second, they just got comfortable, which they should. They they know each other. They have played a lot of these guys all last year together, so they they know what to expect from one another. It's just when you lose that guy of Nathan McKinnon's stature, you're going to need a feeling out process. To say like, okay, we're going to play a different style, kind of. And how's that going to work? Let's just get our feet wet for a little while. And then after that, 
it just seemed like they settled down, played their game, and and had a, a nice victory. It wasn't wasn't pretty. Um, who got uh, Logan O'Connor with the first goal? Real pretty goal, and then uh, Valnachuskin had the second one, which proved to be the game winner. Nothing in the third, and I think that's all thanks to to Grubauer. You know, he he got uh, a good amount of of shots from Minnesota and high quality shots too. So he he needed to make a, a couple solid solid saves, and if not for him. Who knows where this game would have went, but uh, we will uh, get into the the good and the bad, and then uh, what do the Avalanche need to do for game four? So before we do that, of course, we're going to hear from our people over at Built Bar and BuiltBar.com, and I'm getting emails and messages from, from Twitter of people saying like they have heard me talk about it enough, and they finally gave it a shot, and they like them. And there's nothing not to like. They have 18 amazing flavors, such as caramel brownie and cookies and cream and carrot cake and German chocolate, which is maybe my favorite one. Uh, Peanut butter, banana bread. The list goes on. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they are soft and easy to chew. And they're more like a candy bar than your typical protein bar, which are gritty and nasty. So it is great. For the health-conscious guy or girl, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. They're great for the keto diet. Most bars have 19 grams of protein, 180 or 130 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. They're insanely healthy. I always have one kind of that in-between meal between breakfast and lunch. Hold you over. It's fantastic. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. Get 20% off of your next order, and that is your next order. You can use that promo code every single time you order from Built Bar, and that promo code is locked on for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Go check them out. All right, so let's get through some stats and what went good, what went bad for the Avalanche. What went good right off the bat, uh, I put up on Twitter yesterday that and I even talked about it in my show. If you li- if you listen to the show the other day, I kind of threw out there, Cam McCarr should probably get some heart trophy votes and notice at the end of the year. And the way that he played last night j- is just proof of that. Maybe when I threw that out that thing in the the beginning when I said who's the best player on the ice when Nathan McKinnon's not there, it might be tough to pick out. The next person on that list is Kale McCarr. He definitely stands out. He just, but he plays it so effortlessly. And he made a move. I don't know who the defender is. It's it, If you're on social media at all, you've seen it because it's getting uh, posted and tweeted and retweeted over and over again. He made a move. And when you have those those moves where the defender... You know, they, they call them ankle-breaking moves. You see them in basketball a lot. In, in hockey, they're a little bit more embarrassing. And, and they shouldn't be because it's obviously tougher to skate than it is to just run up and down a basketball court. But they're amped up a lot more when it's done in hockey. And he, it's what he did. He 
I wish I, I could remember the name of the, the defender, but uh, he, he, they say you whatever phrase you want to use, broke his ankles, left his jo- jock strap hanging. Uh, it was a thing of beauty. But to him, it's just he's oh, he's like a chess, a master chess player. He's always two or three steps ahead of you. So I thought he played very well. Um, I think Ryan Graves, he had good. We're going to be talking about Ryan Graves a lot because, again, people are expecting a lot out of him. And I thought he had moments in this game, but there were other moments where he turned the puck over. I just get a sense that he's not comfortable with the puck on a stick for some reason. And maybe if you're, you know, when you're playing in Minnesota or somewhere else and you're playing in another, on another team's ice, maybe you're not used to the ice because there is a difference. Uh, you know, maybe you can use that as an excuse. But now you're back at home. And I don't know. He just doesn't seem too comfortable. But he did have better moments tonight. And now you just want to see those better moments be consistent over 60 minutes or, you know, his 15 to 20 minutes, whatever he plays. Um, so I guess we'll stick with the defensive end. Byram, again, left off the stat sheet, but I have no concerns with him. I thought Connor Timmons played a really good game. Um, Sam Girard wearing the alternate A for the game with Eric Johnson being out. So congratulations to him for that. Uh, again, great player. I, a severely underrated defender. And I thought Josh or Josh McDaniel, <laughs> McDonald, Jacob McDonald, held his own. And he got 15 minutes of ice time, so they needed him. Um, I thought he played a very good game. On the forward front, I thought Kadri played a really good game. I thought he was very aggressive. Uh, nothing to show for it on the stat sheet, but I really liked the way he played. Again, the second line... About halfway through the game, I was like, man, I haven't really seen Brandon Saad that much. And he was quiet. But after I kind of said that to myself, it seemed like he was jumping in on plays a little bit more. So I thought he got going as the game got going. Um, and I thought the second line, while they didn't have anything to show for it, I don't even think Burkowski, no, they, they have nothing to show for it. But I thought they played a good game. And this is one of those things where it doesn't always necessarily show up on the stat sheet. But what they did while on the ice, I thought was good. They they prevented Minnesota really from getting any offense going. So while they struggled to get on the stat sheet, um, I, but I think, let me see shots on goal for these guys because I feel like they had it. Burkowski had three. Kadri would just, just with one. And Saad with two. So, again, nothing that's going to blow you away. But um, I thought Kadri played really, really hard, very hard. And and uh, second line, I, I he didn't break him up for a reason. And I thought they played played good. I really liked how Tyson Jones played. And one of those things where it's just again not going to show up on the stat sheet. But I, we keep saying how like Nathan McKinnon struggling to score goals, uh, and I'm not kind of saying that Tyson Jose is going to be on that level, but I think the points will start to come for Tyson Jose if he just keeps at it. Uh, nothing for him today, but uh, I, I feel just like he's kind of turning a corner in his style of play and being able to, to keep up with these guys. 
I really liked how he played. Um, Stats-wise, Avs outshot the Wild 31-28. to uh, dominated them on faceoffs, and the power play seems to have fallen off a cliff a little bit for the Avalanche. Zero for three today. They did let the Wild score on a power play, which was the they had twenty. The Avalanche had twenty four, I believe, straight penalty kills, and the Wild have the worst power play in the league. So something had to give there, and it was the Wild scoring one. That was their only goal. Um, Wild out hit the Avs by five, um, which you kind of would expect. That's kind of their game. Uh, So overall, just, you know, is this the style of game we're going to get being Nathan McKinnon-less? It depends on the opponent. And I think as far as, you know, we have one more game against Minnesota. So I think you're going to get this again. I think you'll get this style of game again. Minnesota will play a tough game. Nobody really scares you on their team offensively. Uh, with the Maybe with the exception of uh, their rookie there. Is it, I, always, I always want to put the wrong emphasis on his last name of Kaprizov. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Um, he's a, he's a solid player and they are, they are missing guys too. You know, they have a handful of players who are out as well. So, um, you know, from what they have right now, what they're putting on the ice right now, doesn't really scare you. So I feel pretty confident going into game four against these guys. Avalanche, Improve to seven three and one, and uh, I, I I fully believe that could be eight three and one by the end of uh, game four for this one. So uh, we'll take a quick little break. Talk about something that I don't typically complain about on the show because I don't like to do it, uh, but we will talk about that right after we hear from. Who are we gonna hear from today? We're gonna hear from BetOnline.ag. That's right, Super Bowl right around the corner. And get your bets in now and do that over at betonline.ag. It's the only place that's got you covered, and it's the only place that we at Locked On trust. So sign up today for a free account over at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKED ON for a 50% welcome bonus. So whatever you put in for your first deposit, they will add an extra 50%. Don't sit on the sidelines. Anymore, get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports books experts. And it's not just the Super Bowl, obviously. You can bet on absolutely anything you want to. Uh, but, you know, we only have a couple days left until the big game. So get your bets in right now. Sign up for that free account. BetOnline.ag, promo code locked on. All right. Um, I don't like to complain about refing because it's just so easy to do. Uh, you just seem like you're, it's almost like you're not paying attention to the game and you're just paying attention to the, you know, to the refs and what they're missing rather than uh, just watching the game. And when you're playing in the game, you're not, at least in hockey, 
I can't watch basketball because those guys are are making moves and going to the hoop not strong enough and just waiting. They're anticipating the foul, and I hate that. And that's why part of the reason why I love hockey is because you play what's in front of you, and you're not playing a, a you're not you're not playing a a play or a set play with the mindset of I'm going to draw a penalty and get a penalty. You're not looking for it in hockey, but I think you know it's just so easy to to watch a game and say like he missed that and the refs suck and this is you know what's wrong with these these refs and this is the reason why we're losing. It's not the reason why you're losing. Uh, very seldom are the refs the reason why. And from tonight's last night's standpoint, they were bad. <laughs> Those refs were really really bad. And even if the Avalanche had lost it, I. I wouldn't throw the blame on a ref crew, but th- I don't know what they were looking at. And if you watched the game on NBC, if you were able to watch the game on NBC, the announcers said multiple times, he's lucky the ref didn't see that. Number one, you, when you say that multiple times, you know, the refs are missing things left and right. And number two, when they would show the replay, the ref is standing right there. He's standing right there watching the play. So the ref didn't miss it. He just didn't call it. And what was the... So three penalties on each side. There were some blatant ones that they missed. The one on Rantanen was completely a penalty. There was one that Tyson Jost was down by the net. And I believe it was Parisi got his stick jammed in Tyson Joseph's legs, tripped him up, nothing. And and you watch the replay, the ref's standing five feet from it. I thought the refs had a really, really bad day yesterday. And you won't hear me talk about it too much. Uh, but when it's as bad as it was in last night's game... It needs to be brought up. Now, the Avalanche won, so I'm not going to harp on it as much as I would um, if they had lost. I probably would harp on it in the same amount. Like I said, I, I, in the end, it's still the players who win or lose. But that was a, that was a bad game by the uh, the officiating crew last night. They missed a lot of – and the, the one goal – I didn't even talk about that. The one goal the Avalanche gave up was on the power play, and the reason they were on the power play – is because Kale McCarr was uh, fighting for a puck against the boards, already engaged with a wild player, and another guy in the wild just came in and charged him and could have done a lot of damage to Kale McCarr. And it happened right in front of JT Comfer. He wasn't going to stand for it, so he threw the gloves off and fought, which you don't see from him a lot. But he's protecting his guy. So they didn't call the charge, but they called... The penalty on Comfer for fighting, and then they called. I can't remember what the other penalty was on the other guy. So it was a you know a five minute major for the Avalanche, only a two minute penalty for the Wild. They had a penalty, they had a a penalty, a power play, and they scored. So even the goal they got was was because of a, a garbage call or a garbage no call. Um, yeah, bad day by the refs. So. Um, and to kind of wrap it up, what did the Avalanche need to do to finish this series off is 
keep doing what they what they did in yesterday's game because that's that's going to be your style until you get Nathan McKinnon back and work on that power play without him because it it was okay. Um, they got some pretty good looks. Uh, I know Miko Rantanen had uh, that uh, one-timer, which went off the side of the net. Uh, so they, they had opportunity, but you could tell it was a different power play. Wild were not – they didn't have to worry, you know, exactly where Nathan McKinnon was on the ice and all the things he can do when he has the puck on a stick. Um, but I thought, amazingly, the Avalanche did a better job – bringing the puck into the zone on a power play. I think everybody's waiting for Nathan McKinnon to do that slingshot thing, and I think teams are catching on to it, and it's not working as much as it has in the past. And I I think the Wild weren't sure what the Avalanche were going to do to get the puck into the zone. And they kind of did the same thing. A couple times they did like a double slingshot, which would be nice to see them do with Nathan McKinnon. Have Nathan McKinnon give up the puck going into the zone. Nobody would be expecting that. So I thought they were able to get the puck into the zone a lot better without Nathan McKinnon. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I'm not... I had a lot of concern about the power play without him. Um, at least against the Wild. You know, this could change depending on the opponent. Um, I, I, I was impressed. I was impressed. They, they, they got it in the zone and they got some looks. And that's all you can really ask for other than a goal, clearly. So uh, keep fighting and how you're fighting right now. because And what we're watching is the style of play that we're going to watch until we get Nathan McKinnon back. And as long as the wins keep coming, who cares how we play? So uh, that's going to be it for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in once again. And uh, we will be back tomorrow. And uh, kind of gearing up for game four against the Minnesota Wild. Always fun to play them. We have not worn our... We wore the third jerseys last night. Still waiting. We got, a, a, what, like three weeks until we finally get the reverse retros. So that's kind of like what the focus is right now. A uniform and an awesome one. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. We will see you guys tomorrow. Stay safe. And here is Jopi. Go, Abs, go!